0: This is Jane Hardwick Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation, reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work. So welcome to the podcast series. I am Ayla Myra your
1: podcast
0: host
1: and story guide. Welcome to episode 31 of the podcast and we have Laura, Laura Latina, and she shares a really insightful story of uh, her extended Four Seasons journey that is still going on. And she'll hopefully have completed her uh, Wilderness Solo again, this time with the other women holding space for her. Uh, It's a beautiful connection of her own birth story and her drum making and her experiences that arose during her Four Seasons journey and then the time of when everything uh, got a bit haywire so we have a beautiful fifty minutes, also sharing her um, passion in birth trauma and compassionate listening, and she's a such an asset to this community, and to where she is and what she's doing now. So, yeah, really excited to share this episode and enjoy. Big welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for joining the Woman Craft Podcast and we're joining here today. We're on the cusp, oh no, sorry, the post um, energy of the full moon, which happened on the Mm. Saturday and today's the Monday. We're also in that Sawin energy field as well, still feeling that and feeling that depthness and darkness creeping in of winter and really feeling cold to that. So Um, I'm coming from Derengunj land, so just honouring these lands and this beautiful country and yeah, big welcome to you.
2: Thank you. I'm so honoured to be here with you and with the listeners.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so you've got a really cool sort of ongoing Four Seasons journey to um, (laughs) dismantle, I guess. (laughs) So you're... you started as well I was just saying I the last podcast um dear Laura went had 11 seasons journey but yours is still going (laughs) yes (laughs) So you started at the end of 2019 and then everything went topsy-turvy from then on then then on in and so you had your first gathering which was the drum making yes um so yeah let's pull that apart and first like I love to know what how you felt called and how it all happened for you to step into that first gathering. Oh,
2: yes, I can talk about that. Um, so, um, I'm, um, I studied midwifery in Italy and, um, I worked in Italy and the UK for a long time as a home birth midwife, I also worked with Doctors Without Borders for a long time. Um, and so I um, met Jane, um, I think he was in the UK, long time ago. Um, and then I re-met her <laughs> uh, in, here in, in Australia. Um, I think it was the Wise Women Gathering, uh, and she was... She was um, she had a stand and she was just uh, uh, presenting her the school and I was like, oh wow yes I, I, wa- I was I wanted uh, to do that for a long time and here I am in Australia I just I think it was to, about 2016 or 17 when I just arrived in Australia and I met her I was like, yes cool I want to do that. And so, yeah, that 2019 was, for me, at least the perfect year to start. <laughs> uh, and I think the first gathering was November, October, November. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was really, um, from the first gathering, I felt like everything was clicking for me, everything connected from the first gathering.
1: Mm. And so, when you came here, you weren't practicing midwifery, or were you doing anything with? No, yeah. no,
2: no. So when I came here, I was working as advisor for Doctors Without Borders. So I was traveling. Um, I was an advisor in uh, maternity and midwifery. Uh, so my big, my, I had a big role to um, uh, evaluate uh, health center midwifery um birth center in uh, humanitarian settings so i was traveling quite regularly and so when i was here in sydney um i was doing computer work and evaluation and trainings always for africa or asia middle east uh, and then i was doing the four season journey <laughs> so <laughs> so that was my um yeah that was was what i was doing here in australia mm.
1: Sounds very well balanced for you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you miss being with families? and? Um, yeah, you know, and
2: yeah, that's why I, um, yeah, well, then I'll tell the story later, but that's why I, also, last year, I went back to, well, two years ago, I went back to Italy and uh, I worked uh, in the UK, in Italy for about 18 months before coming back here so yeah I, I, I felt the call to go back and stay mm. with my family uh, and that was thanks to the four season journey. Okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> so walking into your first gathering how was that feeling for you and had you sat with uh, women in that circle form before and how was that experience for you?
2: Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um uh, I think the drum making was a really profound process. Um and uh you know, I remember that um I knew that the way how we were born and how we we are in this, you know, in everyday life and how we create things really are I, I linked. I knew as a midwife, it was passed to me uh, by other midwives, by other uh, elders, that it's, everything is linked. But, um, but that experience, I could feel it in my bone, in my skin. One thing is that, you know, and, you know, when you hold space for other women or I remember I always ask other women, how was your birth? Uh, how do you create? So what's your, you know, how, like trying to understand the, their personality because we know that everything is connected with the way how we were, we are born and the way how we also are gonna give birth to our children. So one thing is to know, <laughs> to have the knowledge. And the other thing is to experience experience. Um, in, in your body in in, uh, in making uh, like like we did in making our drums mm. um, so um, and it was so interesting to watch myself in that process and to watch how I was um, m- making the drum all the emotions that were coming up for me um, and it feels like if you like you don't believe that these things can come up but yes mm. it, it was so profound uh it was really an interesting um experience um because i many things came up for me especially emotionally um uh, that you know uh that big belief that i i have that Uh, it's in me it's internalized that I'm not good I'm not good enough so that was coming up for me I'm I'm not good enough I'm I can't do the the drum uh it's not pretty uh, and the comparison so it's so it was so amazing how this came up immediately for me and then I realized that yeah everything is connected with um the belief of you know the belief of um, how I believe, uh, how I see the world, and how it's connected from the beginning, from the the day I was like my birth, and how I, I experienced my childhood.
1: Mm. So yeah, did your so did you know much about your own birth before you checked in with your family? Before yeah. you made the drum, if that makes sense.
2: <laughs> yes, I knew uh, because I, I, uh, I, I would say as a um, uh, as a midwife doing other workshops with other other midwives, we were um, yeah they were basically advising us to um, look at our asking about our birth. Um, We were always told, um, me and my colleagues, that uh, it's interesting how we chose midwifery um, and to look at our birth, because probably that's linked too. Uh, So I was born through C-section and um, my mom was really, really young, was 16 um, when she conceived me. um, And basically... Um, in Italy, we have a lot like it, birth is really <clears throat> medicalized. And when she went uh, to the hospital to get a check done, at uh, the end of, I think she was in very early labor and, uh, the doctor told her the baby's in, not in a good position. Uh, we need to, you know, we need to intervene and we need to do a C-section. And so <clears throat> I, few times, many times, I went through, like I did meditations and um, also breath work. And I had few, yeah, a few visualization or memories coming up for me about um, my birth experience. And it's and also with the uh, drum making. I, uh, and you know, before we do our drum, we go through a few questions about our birth. And I had few, like, I was meditating on it and I had very clear images or visualization about how it was for me uh, inside the womb and the frustration that I had because I couldn't be born naturally. And, um, and this frustration comes very often in my life. Um, I'm I'm frustrating when I want to create things, and uh, I uh, yeah I get very very frustrated and and like forcing pushing things when I should I shouldn't do it. Mm. So this is a theme that repeats in my life uh, many times. Mm.
1: <clears throat> and is that too the when you said before about um, it not like the drum wasn't good enough and da 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 da, da. is that linked to that too? Like,
2: Yeah. Um, I think, um, uh, I think I've, like what the memories, the visualization that I got through uh, making the drum and the questions that we answered during the journey, sharing with other women in the journey uh, really. Um, help me to understand that, not to understand, but really to re experience, uh, my birth. And, uh, what I got was that I, I was frustrated and I was, um, and I could feel like d- doing a meditation, I could sense, uh, um, I had this image of myself pushing on the wall of the womb of my mom womb and, uh, forcing it, uh, because I really wanted to get out, but I couldn't, uh, that I was ready. And, uh, and then the fact that someone pulled me out, uh, that someone did it for me, uh, I was like, oh, no, I wasn't then. I knew I could do it, but I was not able to do it. So what does that tell tell about myself? So I think that was my first time that that belief was probably internalized in me. Like, I'm not good. Somebody did it for me. Um, I had to be pulled out. When I think babies know, like, it's in in babies' intelligence to be able to you know to be born like they know how what they need to do inside the womb so I really felt that connection of um I know how to do it uh let me do it Mm. and then someone needed to pull me out so I think that was my first experience
1: of uh I'm not good Mm. and how was it for your mom like has she ever been able to reflect with you on how it was for her yeah, um and so young too.
2: Yes, um my mom was um scary scared because um you know she was studying and she had to pause um and I think she was she didn't know like she was not confident. She didn't know like what to do. Uh, she was so young and and so I think um many times I feel that also in my life that I have doubt about of myself and um, I'm not that confident. Uh, and I know that this is what uh, my my mom experienced because she told me that she didn't feel she was good enough because she was so young. Mm. But I also know that she was supported by my grandmothers and my aunts um, yeah, they were really present with her and with me when I was a newborn. Uh, but I guess that that is a theme that um, comes back in her life, but also in my life. And we talk a lot about uh, not only regarding you not know, about the birth, but also in in other situations of our lives, how this theme uh it's really common for the both of us. Uh, we are not good enough or or the doubts about ourselves and our journey um, or making big decisions. Um, so it's really
1: interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and how, with you stepping into midwifery, because mm-hmm. I just really found that quite interesting what you said before about the links to people that work I- with um, birth, yeah, pregnancy or postpartum, and their own story. Well, it's definitely a thing that's for sure because a lot of people can go into it um, with good intentions, but trying to heal their own birth and yeah. then, you know serving other families. So, because you would have been quite young when you started midwifery, is that right? Um, yeah, I started midwifery uh,
2: in two thousand and. Oh my God, five. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, I worked, a li- I didn't go straight from high school to university um, because I wasn't unclear what I wanted to do. I wanted to study medicine, then uh, I didn't go uh, as planned uh, because in Italy you need to do uh, big exams to pass medicine school. Mm. Um, same for midwifery, Mm. but I tried for medicine, medical school and I didn't pass the exam, but I did it in midwifery.
1: Um, and you have like in your family, uh, People that worked in medicine or? No, no, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. nobody.
2: Um, and it, it's it, it's quite interesting. Actually, I'm writing a book about this because oh. I'm writing a book about um, uh, my life and my journey as a midwife and all other women that I encountered in my life because I travelled <laughs> a lot in more than 10 countries and I worked as a wow. midwife in many many countries and many different settings so i have a journal and while i was traveling i kept this journal i kept writing and so i'm putting all together and my actually my book starts um uh just um right i wrote about how i got into midwifery which was Mm -hmm. very uh, very special. Uh, so I, I, I never, I never thought I was going to study midwifery. I wanted to become a pediatrician. And so I tried a few times to uh, pass the medical school exam and I didn't, um, I didn't pass. Uh, and, and then there was, uh, I was walking at the university and there were some leaflets about midwifery, and I I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, maybe I should try and you know sit the exam for midwifery. Uh, but you know I knew what a midwife was, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like it, it was really kind of uh, my intuition were telling me just sit the exam, and I sat the exam and I passed immediately. Um, and and I started studying midwifery, and the first day, the first since the first day, uh, I understood that that was my path. That was oh, what I wanted wow. to do. Oh,
1: uh, so, cool. so yeah, <laughs> Thank you failed those other exams, hey? <laughs> yes, um,
2: yeah, and I think I, I didn't know why uh, I you know, I, I, I studied midwifery or, uh, but now, now that, um, I am more into, I think it's something that we are going to talk later, but just, uh, to, to anticipate a little bit, uh, now that I work, uh, more with trauma, I am, I'm understanding that I'm a midwife because part of me wants to heal, uh, that, that, that part, that, Thing or believe that is, I'm not good enough because Mm. I didn't give birth naturally. Mm. And every time I assisted to a natural birth, uh, it felt like part of me was healing. Mm. So, um, as well, like, you know, I know that um, even the woman who is giving birth, uh, you know, experience uh, such a profound. Transformation, and I feel like healing. Even the the all the women <laughs> contribute to the, the healing of all the women in this world. Uh, I also part of me was healing, witnessing that, um, and yeah. So I think that is one of the reasons I I studied midwifery, and
1: mm. um, yeah. Wow beautiful I love that so much and I I love it even more in that healing because you just when you hold that space without trying to change that person's direction like no they're not going to have this tour birth or blah 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 it's just holding that space and then allowing the healing to come by just witnessing yeah. and yeah so beautiful yeah, yeah. and then um, just one more question about midwifery <laughs> <Yes. I'm> <laughs> have you seen it change a lot in Italy like the ah um
2: that's a big question mm. you know I <clears throat> I um, practiced midwifery in Italy in the UK in Africa I can give you a list of African countries, uh, Mm. like South Sudan, like Malawi, uh, Uganda, Nigeria, and many more. And I also practice in Afghanistan, in Bangladesh. And there is one big theme, uh, which is birth medicalization and violence and trauma that is, I think, is common uh, in all these countries. We call it developing and developed countries, but honestly, when we talk talk and about birth, this is the common theme. And I have seen this thread like, um, the same in all these countries, uh, in different forms, of course, because uh, in Africa, we don't have, like, there are no big um, infrastructures or this, the medical system is different. So, of course, the, you know, it's, it's different. But in terms of care and in terms of um, how we hold space for women, well, it's not holding space, it's really intervening. And I found that this is a common theme in every country where I worked and um, and you know I I, I didn't know at the time that I was working with this with um, with preventing trauma that has always been my passion to prevent trauma and um, holding space for women and uh, reduce unnecessary medicalization and and violence. And, um, I didn't know that I was doing that, but I was doing it. Um, and, and then I realized, wow, okay, after all these many years, um, this is what I realized that actually when we talk about birth medicalization and, or trauma or bi- obstetric violence, this is a common theme in every country I've been in different forms of ways, but, they're not different um, and it's pretty sad that this exists across the world and I'm sure also here in Australia I, I've heard many different stories these different forms and but still this is something that is present I think in every, every country um, in different way in different forms in different settings um, <clears throat> So and this was is also a theme that I brought into my 4 season journey because I realized that uh, working with my birth and working um, as working I don't I don't like working because it seems like I have to fix myself, mm-hmm. but uh, you know bringing awareness into my journey as a woman. Um, I yeah I I this theme of trauma. Came back many times, not only holding space for other women, but also also for myself. Um, and I, and I think my big journey has been really into trauma, like how to heal and be aware of my beliefs and my uh, process, trauma and um, and emotions, and and being able to hold space also for other women. Um, so yes, I, I feel this is a big theme that um, that I I experienced in many countries uh, all over the world, um, and um, and I know that also the four season journey has contributed to my healing, my personal healing, uh, and be able to really hold space in if we want to talk with the uh, four season journey uh, languages like holding space in a shamanic way uh, and being the woman that the earth needs now and holding that sacred space for other women
1: you are listening to the school of shamanic womancraft podcast series with ayla myra
0: subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players mm, so um, absolutely mm.
1: i really look forward to when your book comes out
0: <laughs> yeah <Very> intrigued
1: <laughs> yeah i would just love to hear about your journey and experience and it's yeah a great thing that you're documenting all this and yeah it's really important for a lot of people because we do become quite insular in the country and place that we live in, so it's great to hear about, um, yeah, your journey and just that theme of, like you said, with trauma and how that's playing out from your birth into the work that you're doing now or the awareness that you have now. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so then things went a bit after the drum making, things went a bit. Um Topsy Turvy. Um, how was that for you? So the next gathering was your solo that you did. We
2: I think we had the full moon gathering. Oh um, yeah. Okay.
1: <clears throat> yes. You made the mask.
2: Yes. The animal. Yes. Yeah. Uh we did that and it was yeah, I really loved that. Um and we managed to do that. Um Uh, It was quite powerful. It was quite powerful to, I think it's also um, when we go deep into our wound um, and our own wound. um, And I think it was beautiful to share that with other women and be able to use our bodies to express. Their wound and also to transform it. Um, and after that, we had a big pause because, yeah. <laughs> because of uh, the world had a big pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah,
1: and so did you have gatherings on Zoom or did you? Yes, we yeah. did.
2: Yeah. Uh, we did. And then uh, what happened was, That we had to have a big pause because uh, we couldn't gather. Uh, But there was something in me, really strong, that, um, you know, I wanted to keep going and I wanted to do my solo. Um, And I was like, even if it's by myself, um, I want to do that because through the journey, um, I, well, through this gathering and also the online, uh, but through really the journey and gathering with the women and listening to other women, because also, you know, listening and um, resonates so much with other, when the other women speak and talk and share their experience it resonates so much for me too. So by listening and sharing, I understood that um, I wanted to change something in my life and it wasn't wasn't clear what. Um, I really wanted to make space for, live my life fully. Uh, And and so I wanted to quit my job and, and go on my way and find my path and really embody myself fully. So I I wanted to uh, do the solo because there was something inside me that wanted to um, I wanted to be by myself I wanted to be in nature um, and really give space to um, to this call or whatever was it I wanted to give space to receive this vision or call or clarity. Um, so i asked one of the teachers of the four season journey lua uh to um if i could camp and do the you know the solo by myself and if she could hold space for me um and so i we organized that and i did that so i did a preparation before um with jane with lua um, and yeah, and then, um, I did the solo with, um, uh, Lua was holding space for me and it was, it was really amazing.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. And so how was the, the solo part for you? Did you choose too fast and yes, did you, um, yeah, how, how did you find that experience? I'll just let you explain that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I fasted for the uh, three nights. Um, so I went there to Luas the day before. We did a little preparation. I set up the tent. Um, I was near the small creek, um, near the water, uh, and yeah, so I had water with me, that's only water, uh, we did a little preparation where she guided me through a small process, and we talked about, okay, I had a radio in case I didn't, I I felt sick, or I had any, I needed help, um, and it was, it was really it was amazing it was so quiet i was basically me the nature the trees and the water that's all yeah. and the first day <clears throat> i think the first day i fasted uh i had a lots of um uh, confusion and i think it, i was detoxing um so i had a headache and and then from the second day is when a lot of um, clarity came, started to come, and um, and I just hold space for my thoughts. There were many thoughts coming, uh, especially the first day. Um, and then the second day, yeah, started to feel like more clear in my mind uh, and just a lot of peace to be in nature, um, and then, uh, and then I prepared myself to like, uh, yeah, was, I expressed a lot of in, like, I, of course uh, there was a big intention. Uh, the reason why I did this solo is that I wanted to gain some clarity because at that time I wasn't unsure or wanted or, or what I wanted for my life. There was a part of me that. Um, was telling myself, you need to go back to Europe and spend some time with your family. Um, And the other part of me, they wanted to stay in Australia uh, because my partner is also here in Australia. So um, And so my big intention was I want to have clarity on my mission and also where I want to live because I traveled a lot in my life and now probably it's time to you know, decide where I want to, where I want to be. Uh, and so that was my intention to gain clarity and to gain clarity also about my mission in this earth. Um, and, and so, yeah, so basically um, this is, I prepared myself for the last night where, we asked for the vision, and we drum, and uh, it was so humid that I couldn't, I couldn't uh, drum because my drum was so flat, uh, and and but I stayed um, awake all night, and I had many vision, and what was coming up for me was many people um, that I'm connected with in Europe, in Italy, came up in my vision uh, that I was with them, uh, talking and, you know, going out and working with them. So, And that for me was a sign, yeah, maybe I need to go back and reconnect with my land. So I think <clears throat> after it, that's after my solo that uh, actually I decided that I wanted to go back to, to Italy for some time, Um because yeah, that was that came up very strongly in my mm. in my in my solo, um, and yeah, so I said okay, I need to trust this, and I'm gonna go back, and even if it's hard, um, yeah, but
1: I I need to trust my intuition. Yeah, it must have been. I'm feeling too. it was probably quite chaotic and a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. It must have been actually just lovely to switch off for those three days and receive those messages in clear channels of communication without, oh, maybe this, but what if I did this? And maybe I'll, you know, da-da-da. It was just you there in clear communication with your intuition and the earth around you.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also the big clarity that came in was, you know, it doesn't matter what choice are you gonna are you gonna take, um, or you gonna, you know, this what you're gonna decide. It doesn't matter. Also about the the soul mission, it was like this is your mission, and it doesn't matter where you go because you can do that everywhere. You know, oh, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so I was like okay cool I don't have to worry about that <laughs> but but you know the, and also it was clear it's not that if you go back you can't you can't come back you know there is no end on this it's just an experience so if you want to go back and stay with your family go what, what what's the problem it's an experience enjoy so this is what was the clarity that I gained um, that it doesn't matter where I'm going to, you know, uh, fulfil my soul mission and um, as the woman that the, the earth needs, I can do it everywhere. I'm doing it. So yeah, I don't have to be worried about that. Uh,
1: yeah. So from there, the birth trauma really started to well trauma in general with the work that you do really started to grow because then you enrolled in Gabor Mate's. Yeah, Was that the big, is that what you're doing now? Are you still doing that? Yes. It, yeah. So
2: after that um, I, yeah, so I came, well, I stayed in Australia for a little bit longer after the solo. Uh, I... um after that i i did i went for a trip um in northern territory for a month uh and and then when i came back i i i went yeah i i basically went back to italy and um and it's when when I went back to Italy and I worked on and off in the UK in Italy as a um, consultant midwife or home birth midwife. And I started uh, the one year professional training uh, at Compassionate Inquiry, which is an approach that... Was uh, is de- it was developed by Gabor Maté and um, it is, is was a am- it was really amazing uh, when mm. I started that. It brought me so much awareness uh, and it brought me uh, a really uh, I learned a lot about trauma informed care mm. and I started integrating that with the work that I do with women. So I did one year professional training, then I did, I, you know, you can keep going with, uh, with the training, and I did six months mentorship and I completed, and now I'm interning. So what I do is I help a uh, facilitator to, uh, to teach uh, <clears throat> the one year professional training, and I, I also offer compassionate inquiry sessions which basically are holding transformational sacred space. And I feel like this is so connected with, you know, the work uh, that we do and I do with women. And I, I I've learned a different, like a more aware uh, trauma-informed uh, um, approach to um, especially it's so connected with, uh, you know, it's about trauma. Uh, but it's so connected with birth. In fact, in, as part of the training, we talk a little about um, a womb experience, that, not, because it's our first experience in uh, in our mother's womb that shape the vision of our world, and also the first hours after we are we are born. So, um, and I found it, wow, this is so connected with everything with that I've done so far. You know, I, I worked in very traumatic settings and, uh, and, you know, I always worked for birth trauma prevention and I didn't know. And, you know, the four season journey is also about, um, a, a shamanic process, which is so interconnected with what I'm studying, what I'm doing, the internship, Um, yeah, so it was really fascinating to, to witness my life and to, and to know that everything so far was connected. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like I I got this visual of you weaving that drum and in that drum weaving, everything that you just spoke about till now has just beautiful, it's like this little tapestry that's just woven from the four seasons to the birth trauma and, yeah, magnificent. You're exactly right, it's the interconnectedness of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And Mm. and also you know, not only within myself, but also with other, we are all interconnected somehow, Mm. so um, also that sense of community and do this with other women and um sharing and holding hands and space or whatever you want to call it, the beauty of uh of being with others because one of the aspects of the four season journey is and also with compassion and inquiry that I've learned is, you know, at the end there is nothing wrong with me. I don't have to be fixed I'm okay with what I'm sharing, with who I am, with my journey. And I think this has been so important, so healing for me, both in the four-season journey and in Compassionate Inquiry, that holding space for who you are. And, uh, you know, I remember Jane always says, to hold space in birth for whatever happens, you know, without trying to fix, just be with with the process. And I think this is a big, I would say, a big element in both um, training or in both approach the the forces and the the school of shamanic woman's craft, but also compassion and inquiry, mm. really being aware and. Um, investing in our inner relationship, but also be able to be witness for who you are like that without, Mm. you know, changing or fixing. Um, It's so beautiful, so healing. And I really wish that, you know, every woman can do a similar journey because Mm. I think um, this belief I'm not good enough I think is really present for so many women, Mm. um, even for men, for everyone. Uh, And especially for us women, I think it's so profound to find a community uh, that can see you as a whole.
1: Mm. Yeah, could you imagine if like, you know, in year 12 in high school or something that every like, person could do a man's version and a woman's version of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> would be amazing. Year, like, they finish year 12 and then they have to do this, like, year immersion. <laughs>
2: yeah. It would be amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. What's, what is Gabor Mate's vision with that sort of thing, do you find when you're doing his course? Does he, um, kind of, like, does he, yeah, what's the vision?
2: So, well, um You know, in this last book, uh, The Meat of Normal, he uh, the last chapter, he talks about a little bit about the vision that he has. And I think he divided in a few section The he talks about being trauma informed in 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 our school system, medical system, law system, uh, because um, because what we've been talking so far, you know, mm. um, um, all, all this, the, both the medical system and school and law, mm. it reinforced this idea that something is wrong with us um, and that we need to be controlled or we need to be punished. Mm. Um, and so I think his vision is... You know, if you are informed about trauma, but most importantly, to authenticity, to really welcome who you are fully, uh, the whole of you, and be able to express your emotion, be able to express you who you are, and um, and find a place where you are you are held uh, with compassion, with love. I think we won't be in in this you know situation the world like in the world as we are today. Uh, so I think with his course, his idea is really to train people on on be trauma informed and uh, be compassionate uh, in all. If we want to talk about system, but in all. Space mm-hmm. in and um, especially especially I guess in in medical school law mm. yeah. uh, and he he gives a lot a lot of you know studies and research we know a lot about many things that we do we do wrong in this moment we we have so many studies now that tell us you know that. The way how we approach, I'm saying, for example, birth, or um, uh, I, I, you know, we 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 could have a, such a profound impact. For example, holding space for emotions for a woman during pregnancy, and and really holding space to uh, work on any anything that comes up. You know, uh, many women, especially in pregnancy, have many triggers and um, many things about the childhood or relationship with mothers or relationship with partners that come up. What if we could hold space for them and we could dive into their emotions? And the the system doesn't do that, unfortunately. Not everywhere, like majority of them. Uh, The same in birth, the same in postpartum. So how many women are forgotten? They give birth. We think that birth is the biggest thing and then they go home, nothing. And then, of course, we have depression and we have anxiety in postpartum, which uh, starting with him and with other facilitators, my understanding is that you know postpartum depression and anxiety is not something that comes be- after birth it's there already since before, like pregnancy or even before. So holding the space emotionally, mentally, uh, for women before birth, it can actually impact even the experience after the birth and the experience postpartum. So I think um, there is so much, so many things that we can do um, when we look at um be compassionate and be attuned uh with who we have in front of us and create that safety for them uh, and not pointing fingers or um or reactivate their trauma that they're not good or uh, they can't do whatever what they the birth that they want you know having the open conversation with compassion I think it's it can change so many things, so many experience for women and families.
1: Mm, you said that really well and um, it's so easy. I just even know from my experience to embed oneself back into shame so quickly if you have someone that, um, you know, not intentionally but, yeah, is not trauma-informed and, mm. yeah, it doesn't take much to be triggered and sink back into different spaces so yeah yeah, compassionate listening and hearing and really hearing people yeah yeah yeah.
2: and and I and I think if I can add something you know not not people the majority even of professionals who work in the hospital I know that they don't do it intentionally they do it like probably unconsciously or Mm -hmm. but and that's why I think it's so important to to do this kind of maybe trainings or trauma awareness week or month where we can pay attention to this and we can train other professionals because uh not many people know not many people had uh this kind of information so i think i i think it's so important to have a medical system where
1: Many people have this information. Mm. And so with all your interconnectedness from the Four Seasons journey that's still ongoing, so you'll be doing a Vision uh, Wilderness Solo this year, is that it will be this year? Yeah, yeah, it will
2: be end of September uh, because I missed to do it with a group. I think uh, doing with a group is um, completely different. Mm. Um, and so I thought, well, uh, yeah, I want to reconnect and um, I I want to experience that with a group. Um, I feel like something is telling me to do it with a group um, because one of the themes that it's coming up for me also from the four season journey and from the compassion and inquiry training is the, that I have to like, that I have to do things by myself and uh, actually um, doing with, be supported by others and doing with others. uh, It can be a profound healing for me um, to, Find out that I don't have to do things by myself. I can be helped. I don't always have to hold people. You know, (laughs) I can be helped myself. So um, I think letting go of um, this—no, I have to do everything by myself, and I don't want to be a burden. Um, uh, This is part of why I'm doing as well. Uh, This—the intuition is pushing me to do you know, I'll do more things in a community, in a group, uh, because you don't have, like, I don't have to do things by myself, and I don't have to hold space for myself by myself. I can also allow others to, to be part of, of my healing and, and my experience.
1: It's mm, a beautiful vision. Yeah, you and, you know, I'm excited. Special. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited for your book, actually. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah, Your life story. And I bet everyone at the solo will love your life story too when you share that <laughs> before you go in and immerse. And, yeah, really curious to see what comes up for you again in that, in that solo time when you're out in the nature. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, who knows? Mm,
1: yeah, but you definitely seem to be – going by your calling and just going, all right, okay, this is what I need to do. And, yeah, I love that commitment to yeah. intuition.
2: Even even if sometimes it doesn't make sense, but yeah. <laughs> rationally, but, you know, why do you need to do this again? You've done, yeah. you done it already. It was like, yeah, yeah. but it was different. So, yeah. um yeah, I think I think he's answering to the call. Yeah, mm. that's a big theme for, I think, for all of us. Mm. Also for those ones who uh, did the four-season journey, I think he's answering to the call, really, our call, our inner call.
1: Mm. And what would you say to someone, this is what I like to wrap the podcast up mm. with this question, is what would you say to someone that's considering the four seasons from your experience thus far cuz you're still going <laughs> yeah
2: i i would say yeah to answer it, to answer to the call answer the call and um i think it's a beautiful experience um especially because you do it with other women and you are so held from the beginning till the end and it's so profound the connection that you establish with with everyone in the journey um, <clears throat> even if you go back home, you know there is that connection that you are one and you are you are one community of women doing this for also for other women uh, who cannot do it or who don't know about this journey so it's so profound when, um, women get together and do the work <laughs> mm. so I if if there is someone or woman that wants to do that and I think you know don't be scared um answer your call uh I, you will be held so beautifully with other women is such a profound healing. it's just the beginning, but it's mm. such a profound. Uh, to say yes to to ourselves as a women.
1: Mm. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey and yeah really intrigued and let us all know when you when you finish your book. Yeah, and,
2: yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope this year like uh, I want to pu- be I want to publish it this year so let's mm-hmm. see.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> and so your website is Laura Latina L A T I N A dot A U dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. And I'll put all the links in the show notes to your website. Yes. Thank yeah, you.
0: Big thank you. For more information on today's inner review with photos and how to connect, head over to school of forward slash media forward slash podcast. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.